When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell notification icon so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. We have videos going up daily, but sometimes two, three times a day. And every memory, every interview, every player we talk about is, is, is priceless. So uh, make sure you hit that bell so you don't miss any of the content coming up. Lots of great guests, lots of great fans, lots of great ex-players coming up, including today's guest, sports journalist, Dan Wolfenden. Hi, Dan. How are you doing, man? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not bad, not bad. How's, um, what's it like sort of doing all the sport, particularly when there was no sport? What did you do? Oh, it, was, uh, it was difficult. It was paranormal, actually, if that's uh, the right way to put it. You know, I, um, I did struggle for content, you know, but as soon as it came back, I, I thought, right, I'm going to get onto this. I'll just, um, you know, raise my Twitter following and, and yeah. all of this. Admittedly, I, I don't have a job. I actually had a part-time academy job at Wigan, uh, but they've recently gone into administration. So yes. that's just the luck I've had really recently. Um, and I've just graduated with a first, so... Fingers crossed, we can get out there and find something too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now there's a now, there's, you know, not having any sport, we've got this plethora of sport now. We're all over the bloody place now. I can't keep up with it sometimes. All the games, it's it's ridiculous. I know exactly. Yeah, it's on a like we got Burnley on Wednesday at six. It's ridiculous. I can't, but like you said, I can't keep up with it. I know. I like look at my phone at like seven o'clock, and I forgot there's like six because like six o'clock is such a weird time, isn't it, for a game during midweek or any time really. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like the obviously the uh, the La Liga. That's all what they used to do, didn't they? So every game would follow itself. So yeah. you wouldn't have that. Yeah. So I can see why they're doing it, but um, yeah, and, and it looks like even more so we're stacked up towards the end of this season. You know, obviously the the last few games, everyone seems to be playing at the same time. So yeah, Absolutely. and that'll continue as well with the uh, the transfer window August to October, I believe now. So yeah, be a yeah. yeah, it's all going to be weird. It's all weird. Yeah, they wanted to. Um, actually end it before the season started so that'll, that'll change now um but yeah yeah it's just it's just all weird i think but but i mean to be fair i mean they've, they've done a good job you know they've sorted it all out i'll be honest you know having been one of the they have the, credit to them they have they've done well they've tried to, they've tried to make it a bit more engaging for the tv fan because every fan is now a tv yeah. fan um yeah. but yeah no it's good i mean it's you know and to be fair you know it was. It's not like a complete ball ache having to get through the. You know when you because obviously I'm one of the 300 that are there. So having to get your temperature checked yeah. and, and the fill tests it. they do everything. Yeah. yeah. Every day training. Um, uh, yeah. It's, you know, and yeah, they make they make it and they do the best job they can. You know, with a sound on the TV as well, or you could have it without to you know listen yeah. to their players and uh, stuff like that. But it'd be for me, it'd be weird for the players because they don't have any noise of the fans and and the influence of the fans, which West Ham are massive for. So I don't know how that impacts them, but we seem to do all right recently. So yeah, we seem, I think we've got used to it. Yeah, I think we've got used to it more than anything. But I think you, I agree. You know, that's why, and obviously we can't pipe in any crowd noise um, during game, because obviously that will then conflict with the FIFA 20 crowd noise being pumped in by the broadcasters. So that must yeah, be weird yeah. for the players. Um, but you know, like we've had to do goal music, because otherwise, it's a bit sort of like it's it's a real sort of damp squid, isn't it? So you know, like on yeah. like the Chelsea game, you know, the big screens as well, aren't we? Yeah, you've got the big screens as well, it's and good. it's just all a bit weird, you know. And so you know, yeah, they score a goal, great, yeah, but there's like no sort of celebration or anything to do. So we've got to put goal music on, oh. and uh, yeah. So ironically, the first time we did it was Suchek's goal that didn't exist, and they got chalked off against Chelsea. But hey ho. Um, <laughs> some things never change. Fo- exactly, no. football can football. You know, football can can stop for a hundred days, but West Ham always seem to get screwed over by VAR. Doesn't matter. Yeah, pre or post. VAR is correct sometimes. It is like, uh, but you know, we've had it a few times. Sheffield United away with Rice. It wasn't yeah. intentional. A few seasons ago, that would have been fine. Why was it chalked off? Mm. You know, the same with Suchek. Antonio was offside. His arm was offside. But yeah, it's 
fine margins. It's just but he's almost on the, a bit yeah, exactly. Therapy, he's like on know. the floor, and it's like you know. Yeah, he can't help it, can he? You no. know. But. I like the fact that there's like no grey area. Not no, no, we're actually making more grey areas. But I like the fact that you know, with like the whole offside thing, it literally is. You know, you are offside. Yeah. Your toes offside. Yeah. Fair enough. That's fair enough. You know, it's like the goal line technology. But it's when you've got these these sort of grey areas that are now creeping in. So like the Antonio thing yesterday, or not the other day, uh, Declan Rice, as you said, the, the handball. And it, you, you, you'll, we'll get to a point where there'll be this, you know, definitive rule. And obviously, you know, as, as football happens, you know, things change. You know, like the whole thing with the, the first game, wasn't it? With the um, Sheffield United-Villa game where the, the goal should have stood and, and actually VAR should have, intervened but yeah he exactly. was behind the post wasn't he i don't understand that i was watching it perplexed but for me like you said it's the fine margin between being innocuous and being purposeful so yeah. spurs chelsea last season when chelsea won two and i think uh chelsea's second goal the penalty williams scored where uh, the keeper clattered into marcus alonso mm. keeper gave uh, the referee gave it either way but var intervened and that that was the beauty of it it did well yeah. but stuff like yeah. declan rice and antonio um, that's where it's a bit, you know, a bit ridiculous for me, and needs to be looked at more. I think. I think it will be. Yeah, I think it will. Be. I think. I think it's a case now of let's just get the season over with now, and and yeah. and, and get it over as quick as possible before there's any yeah. second peaks, God forbid, or anything yeah. like that. And yeah, so you're uh, right. then you're right. Yeah, I think. But it, I, I, I totally, I'm totally for it because I think if the technology's there, we should be using it. Um, and I think exactly. hopefully yeah. more you're. you're more than obviously the, the referees have now had a directive to to use the, the screen monitors, which again I haven't seen anyone use it yet. Uh, mm. <laughs> although I was watching Galatasaray the other day versus kind of oh, was it was. Fagouli's challenge. Fagouli on the, on the yeah, exactly. Two old boys doing well over there. Boys. Yeah, exactly. But you're right, <laughs> and, and the referee went back and looked at it, and yeah, Fagouli should have got set off. It was clearly, the right decision, yeah. And that's that's how it works. I mean, it was a nasty challenge, wasn't it? DeCosta's always been like that, hasn't he? Even at West Ham, but yeah, we shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. No, exactly. Right. Anyway, anyway, we can talk about you know, this yeah. other other channels. Other channels talk about the the present day. Yeah. I don't. I don't do that. I talk about. I talk about the past. Um, so for you, Dan, why West Ham? Because I'm not. I'm not detecting a, a Cockney accent in your voice. So why West no, Ham? Exactly. Uh, well, my dad is from Somerset down south. Um, yeah. So that's my allegiance down south. But he actually used to go to games, He, as well as Bath City. He loved Bobby Moore. He loved all of them. He loved Trevor Brookings. So he thought, I'd go to a few games. And I didn't have a choice. I wanted to support West Ham anyway. Um, yeah. So we are season ticket holders. We travel from Leeds to London every weekend or every away game mostly. Yeah. But the last three years, I've been at university. So it's a bit been a bit few and far between, but I've, I've been to the local games, Everton away, West Ham at home, but my sister's actually um, taken my place now and she goes instead of me. So, but um, yeah, no, that's basically how it's come across. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. That's nice. It's nice. But I mean, trekking, was it from Leeds to, to East East London every day? Every yeah, day. Leeds to East like, London, yeah. That must have been a right trip. Yeah. We do it in a day there and back, but it, it's completely worth it. I wouldn't change it for the world. So. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I when I was when I was at uni, my, my house. I mean, I, I was at Loughborough, and and we used to obviously I was still doing the West Ham stuff. I was doing that, so yeah. I'd be travelling every weekend back. Um, like, it was only like an hour and a half, it's not that far, um, not as far as Leeds. But um, obviously, sometimes I do the reserve team games and stuff. So me and my housemates would would jump in the car and drive down on a on the wet Tuesday to play you know, full of reserves and then and then uh, back up again and uh, no yeah it's all fun and games it's all fun and obviously that was you know it was great because one of them was a Sheffield Wednesday fan so he hated Sheffield United as much as I did which was good uh, and the other one was uh, he was he was Leeds his, his, grand, his granddad was Don Revy so um, oh, really? yeah so oh, we used to hopefully going up aren't they so yeah be no nice it'd be, be good to see it'd be good to see Leeds at back up I think I think they're yeah all my mates are Leeds fans so I hope they do yeah, well, at least yeah. it means you can get, get a lot of stick. Yeah, you'll get a lot yeah. of stick. And then at least like, twice, twice a season, you'll have some, uh, well, hopefully, fingers crossed that we, <laughs> we stay up. I remember but, going yeah. Leeds away a few years ago. I remember we were in the championship. We drew 1-1 with them. Yeah. That, was, uh, that was an awful day, awful experience, because we were treated like, um, like prisoners, you know, going outside and guarded and all of that. It was yeah. a bit extreme. But, I, mean, I remember um, happening, that happened at Leicester. We, we won game. We Wester away at the old Filbert Street and it was because obviously it was, a, it was a Christmas game 
and I was at, like, I was still at Loughborough, so we had I had my house, so we stayed there, and yeah, we was outside like up against the the wrought iron gates, and yeah. it was like yeah, it's weird. Mm, what's strange, yeah. But I suppose that's where that you know we have a reputation that, that precedes us sometimes, which is not not really uh, not really necessarily uh, in the old days maybe, but not nowadays. Not nowadays. So so obviously since obviously you know traveling down you know from from Leeds down and and seeing West Ham and obviously bits and bobs when you've been at uni, you know what what sort of what stands out to you is sort of your your memories of West Ham, sort of your fondness. Because obviously we'll have loads more soon because we're win, winning titles and FA Cups and all I that. Lot we've won the World Cup already. We've done that. We've done a lot. We, we, we? We've, we've done, done it. Yeah, completed it. Yeah, we've done it. Don't need to do anything else. Um, good question. Uh, well, I've been to loads of finals. Wembley obviously stood out for me as well. Yeah. I was high up and uh, Vast Hayes winner. Obviously, it was so memorable. Uh, the Cardiff Cup final as well. I was only a little boy, about five or six at the time. Um, and my first actual game for West Ham, I um, I was a mascot against Sunderland. We lost 2-1 in 2005. Do you remember that in the Championship? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They scored the winner. Um, and Nick McCarthy was Sunderland boss. But I was on the pitch as a mascot. And I got, got to meet all the players in the dressing room. Because obviously it was a the mascot experience back then was a lot different to how it is now. It's more Very limited so. now, of course. Yeah. Which, um, I understand. Um, but yeah, just, just all an abundance of things. And obviously Upton Park was the main one, you know, uh, season ticket and the Bobby Moore upper, uh, just going to watch the games and how close we were to the players, the atmosphere. Um, it's obviously not the same as it is now, but the, the Olympic Stadium, as much stick as it does get, it's, it's, it's impressive to look at on the eye, isn't it? It's just not yeah. the same atmosphere-wise. Um, and they, should, they could have, for me, extended it, but... Well, I think, I think it's one of those things, isn't it? It's, it's all dependent on the team, you know. Um, if the team are winning, uh, no one gives a shit about the stadium, to be honest. You no, know, exactly. And, that, yeah. and that's the thing, yeah. isn't it? I think it's, it's a case of yeah. the team perform well, no one cares. You know, obviously there was a period where we did quite well recently, um, yeah. you know, last season rather, and... I didn't hear any rumblings about the stadium, but as soon as you know, nail on the head. As, yeah, as long as we win, you know, if we lose, you look at all the other problems, don't you? You know, you can stem mm. from every little problem and and have an excuse. But if you win, that's all that matters. And if the yeah. team perform and care for the, the badge, that's all that you want. So. Exactly, exactly. But that's, that's West Ham. You always we need something to moan about. It's like it's nice that football's yeah. back, so people can carry on starting to moan about the the team rather than. The infrastructure or, or what's going on behind the scenes, you know, now they can just moan about the team now, which is nice. Because um, <laughs> because West Ham love, yeah, we, we love a moan, don't we? Um, and we? We're not in it for the football. Exactly, yeah. We're not in it for the football, are we? No. You know, we no, wouldn't be West no. Ham fans. So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> It'd be boring winning every week anyway. I'd be bored being a Man City fan. Week, yeah. You know, honestly would. So, I, think I always say that to my dad when he lives. No, I, I agree. And I think they're probably like, I reckon Man City fans are probably enjoying the fact that they're losing a couple of games at the moment because, like, you know, as you said, they've got nothing to... You know, it's all been nice and rosy for them, really, hasn't it? And, and Liverpool fans yeah. as well, you know. They've had, they've had yeah. a torrid time since they've, they've won, the, won the title. And I think they, you they've know, still got that uh, hangover, haven't they, Russ? I think. Still got that hangover. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> no, I, I agree totally. But, as, you know, as, thankfully, you know, it didn't mean that <clears throat> any of the ones around us picked up any points against them and... You know, that's that's exactly. that's the one thing I give a shit about. As long as they turn up for for those yeah. games, that's all right. And uh, we're fortunate. That's why we'll stay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I why agree we'll totally. stay. Up. Yeah. Um, Norwich and Villa are gone for me already. It's just that last ball, which I think Bournemouth will take. Yeah. I think Bournemouth are gone as well. Um, I think so. But yeah, yeah. It, it depends on staying up on other teams around us performing worse and I think that's what's happening but we're actually picking up some good points yeah. well now, so. finally yeah I mean for, since restart I mean I, th- I think there's only been one result which has gone against us so to speak which was Brighton beating Arsenal all the other results have that's gone pretty, yeah. to form really um, yeah. and we've finally taken advantage of that um, as I said last week if you, if you said oh we'll get six, we'll get four points out of our last next two games we'd have gone oh yes please but it feels like yeah, we should exactly. have had six you know it, it's it's one of those it's such a West Ham thing you know we, we should, yeah should and I, I said before that I said we would have lost against Chelsea and lost against Newcastle because the two tough games aren't they on paper mm. um, Newcastle have got that same maximum guy we handled him really well actually I thought really well he was the main threat and Chelsea just weren't other races really so um, it was typical West Ham yeah it is, but you know, it doesn't make it doesn't mean a, a jot if we don't then start, you know, picking up the Burnleys and and, and those games now because exactly, we've got to follow it, it up. 
yeah. critical. And hopefully it means that Haller might be back. And I think we do miss that focal point. Although Antonio lugs his guts up, as soon as it goes up front, there seems to be... We, we lose no more balls. Than we, him, yeah, it's no one around him. So, I mean, the, t, the three are there. You, you know, Haller, Haller Bowen and, and Antonio, those three, that's the three you want up front. And it's so obvious it is, now. Exactly, yeah, it is. Yeah, Bowen, we know, Bowen's fitted really well, hasn't he? You know, oh, he's, he's brilliant. He's, He's a top player, you can tell. And regarding to Halle, he's won 206 aerial duels this season. That's the most in the league. So it's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Moan about it. You there's know. no one and around when him. When you look around him, exactly, there's no one around him in Frankfurt. He, he had Jovic and Rebic yep. close to him on either side, and that's what brought the best out of him, because they mm. rotated. Um, and you can't just put him into the Premier League, which is a more physical league, on his, on his own and go, I will fade him over. You need to frame yeah, yeah, yeah. around him and the players he signed. So. No, I agree. I agree totally. And and you and you saw that the glimpses when we played Southampton before before lockdown happened. He played with Antonio up front, and he looked to complete. The Rabonas were coming out. You know, he just looked so confident. Exactly. Um, exactly. And that's the way. And I think him and Bowen and Antonio would be a frightening front three. Um, and so yeah, and I just think you know he's you look at you look at Moises brought in as well. You know, Suchek as you know, I just think the last two day two games he's been playing out of his skin. Um, yeah, he's a good. I think him and Noble and and him and him and Rice and then Noble cameo role, so to speak, um, as and when we need an extra bit of steel in there. If not, he drops out and you put four nails in or someone or Lanzini. And I think you've got a nice yeah. six there. You've got a nice six there. You've just, got options there, haven't you? Yeah, you, you really you do. You've, you've got a good squad. It's just being dysfunctional. You know, they've not worked together. And if mm. Moyes can do that and implement you know, a team that works hard and together, like Sheffield United, they haven't got the best team on paper. No, you're they? right, yeah. Uh, you know, they've got some bang average players. I bet you couldn't name half the entire squad, if I'm honest with you. But they've just got a team that are unified, that works together. And that's how they've been so successful. Like Burnley as well in the past and Bournemouth when, you know, a few years ago. Um, these managers are just getting the best out of limited resources. And I hope Moyes can do the same here. So. Yeah, and I think there's a there's, there's, there's clearly a blueprint there of how he wants to take it forward. So, you know, getting these hungry championship young you know, players in there. Um, you know, obviously there's the couple of lads from Brentford and the QPR guy and the guy from Wigan. And, you know, there's all these players, there's some really good championship players. I think, you know, young, youthful, energetic, that's how you, that's how you build a team. And you yeah, build a team of people who try as well. You know, yeah. they're not, they haven't had their feet burnt going to Italy or going to China and coming back and earning lots of money. Then, earning less money in the Premier League and then they're just walking, walking for the paycheck. Yeah, you, you need the hungry people and that's something like Boeing. I mean, I didn't realise how much of a great, um, you know, corner taker and free kick taker he is, you know, because usually it's Snoddy, really, who's your man. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Corners are fantastic. Yeah, I, I was aware of that at Hull because he, um, he was in the academy, wasn't he? And then he came up, he scored against Villa and he, and he just went from there. He just never looked back, really. But... Um, no, he was a good player. When I, when we were after him, I, I was excited. Yeah. Um, I thought Newcastle were actually going to get him before us. But no, he's, like you said, he's fitted in really well. He complements other, player, other players. Uh, four nails his ball to him against Newcastle for the first goal was, was exceptional. But that's mm-hmm. Bowen's time and then his run as well in behind the defender, which which is intelligent as well. So which yeah. brings the best out in other players as well as Bowen. Oh. No, definitely, definitely. No, I, I think he, he's, he's a good, he's a good shout, and I think uh, as long as we keep him fit, um, and he he's got a bit of bulk about him as well. Do you know what I mean? He's not like when he he's, he's a stocky fella, you know. He's a stocky fella. Yeah. And Compared to that. Anderson and Lanzini, you know, they both mm. do have ability, but they're just too easily pushed off the ball. Lanzini, uh, Lanzini played against Newcastle, didn't he? And he's not a winger because no. he's exposed there. You know, he's going to get pushed about on the wing and. He's just too lightweight. Him and Anderson get pushed off the ball too easily, and that's the difference between them and Bowen. Bowen, you know, he's had experience in the English game, and he knows what it's like to be shoved about, and you know, for some defender to be in and amongst him. And um, Anderson and Lanzini need to work on that for me. Yeah, no, totally agree. Anyway, speaking about players, as we are, nice segue. Um, <laughs> we're doing this Hammers 11. That's the whole point of the channel, really. So the idea is picking the 11, 11 players uh, around, you know, for you. It could be uh, 
favourite players, the technically best players, the worst players. It doesn't really matter, really. It's your 11. You talk about whoever you want to talk about. Um, the, the idea is we have to be alive to have seen them play. Um, otherwise, everyone would have the same 11, pretty much, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the case. Um, and uh, we try and keep it to a 4-4-2, but I'm getting, a, I'm getting a bit, you know, soft in my old age. So if you want to go, you know, three at the back, whatever, it's fine. I'm, I'm not. Oh, 4-4-2 for me. No Good. problem. That's what I'm I like. For that, so. Right, okay. 4-4-2 for Dan. Who is between the sticks, Dan? Oh, this was a tough one, but I'm going to go where uh, Rob Green. Yep. The servant he was for, for West Ham. Uh, some of the saves he made as well. You know, I remember going to away games and he made some incredible saves that kept us in the game. But uh, Jimmy Walker and Fabianski as well have got to be mentioned. It was close between them three. Uh, the other two, you know, Fab, what he's done through the years and Jimmy Walker was a great servant as well. But I think Green just... And I think especially now because he's got his like Seamus WWE haircut. It's just, oh my God, mental. don't get me started on that. I don't know what... I think lockdown's got to him a bit too much, but yeah, I love him. Agreed, he's so funny. He doesn't doesn't take himself too seriously, clearly. Um, but you know, that's what I like in a player. You know, I think people do take players take themselves far too seriously. Um, yeah, and and sort of the, the modern player particularly. So you know, someone like Robert Green or you know Crouchy or people like that. I like players who just know you know you know they're fortunate to have a great career, and you know people take the piss out of them, but they'll take yeah. the piss out of them back, yeah. and I think that's great. All right, but like Greeno in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Right, Greeno's in. Uh, left back. Dan, who we got left back, man? Left back, uh, Koncheski for me. Conch, nice. I think uh, Conch I think is that's just the first something. time he's come up. I always have really? my spreadsheet up. Yeah, I'm very poor. I always have my spreadsheet up, and I, I haven't got it up today. Koncheski, Koncheski, Koncheski. No, second time. But it's uh, almost 100 it's people. Right. Uh, that's surprising me, yeah, because I just thought he was solid. That goal mm. he scored uh, against Liverpool in the Cup. And I was—I don't know if it was a fluke or not, but it was a great goal. Um, Lunger as well. He was a good player. Yeah. I liked him. He just did the simple things. And uh, George McCartney, I know Gonzo mentioned him. Uh, he had him in there. But Solid. yeah, he was a good player too. So there's some good left-backs we've had. But yeah. Conch for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, still you know, in the in the setup at the club, isn't he, Conchies? And so uh, yes. he's yeah. helping the, the lone players. I can't remember exactly what he said, but that's great, yeah. Paul Conchesky, nice fella. Okay, that's a good shout. And he's got a very nice cafe, um, which he runs called Conchies Cafe. There we go. Free, I haven't been. Free plug, Conch. Feel free to, you know, send checks are payable uh, in bacon rolls. I'll take that. Uh, but no, I, I haven't <laughs> been. But I've seen him on, 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 a, on Instagram. He's always he's always posting it. I will go there. It's only just down the road. But, you know, it's... Uh, I'll have a bacon roll as well, yeah. Yeah, it might be a bit cold by the time it gets sent up to you, Dan. But don't worry. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll well, put Conch in. Let's go right back. Who have we got right back, man? Right back. Uh, Tommy Repka. Oh. Yeah. Without a doubt for me. Um, such a great servant. And he was hard as nails, wasn't he? He didn't stand anything. He didn't stand a, a left winger getting past him. He just clattered him. Um, that's what I love. You know? Yeah. He was just... He loved West Ham as well. Um, he's such a character and he's so lovable. So, Tommy Repka. Yeah, he was the, the lovable rogue, wasn't he? And he was... I mean, he was our... You know, he was our uh, our top transfer spend, wasn't he? When he, he was our... You know, when we came in and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and it's one of those things where everyone talks about the the last game when he came off and he knew it was his last game and sort of crying his eyes out and think someone's so hard. Yeah, exactly. You know, compare that nowadays to, you know, players who don't really care um, and just are there for the, the paychecks, really. Like mm. you said before, just, just shows what a good player and good character Vetka was. Yeah. Exactly, and he and he's he's had an even more colourful life since retiring, which is even better. You know, he's he's brilliant, <laughs> absolutely. He's so he's just like a walking walking soap opera, basically. Tommy Ripper as well. He is, and I'd also have um, Demel in there as well as, as backup. I yeah. think it was close between them. Demel was just did the simple things really, and he was he was a good player. He was important to us in the championship, uh, um, and, I, and I did like Guy Demel. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he was solid, wasn't he? He was a solid bloke, yeah, he's solid. right? Okay, let's put Toby Ripka in. Let's go centre half. Who's your first centre half, Dan? Uh, James Collins. GP. Without a doubt. Yeah. He's enough one. Um, I don't know why I didn't get a testimonial or anything, but we won't go into that. Yeah. Uh, but Anton and Gabadon as well were close with, with Jimmy C, but I had to go in. He was just another no nonsense defender, wasn't he? You know, he always he was there all the time. He popped up with some vital goals. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, he's one of the 
he's probably one of my favourite players for West Ham growing up because he, you know, I know he had two spells with us, but he was all, he always gave hundred and ten percent. Every single Maybe. game, he was a solid six, seven out of ten. Um, mm. You know, even if he made a mistake, he owned up. But another just lovable character and a great servant. Yeah, I love a player who, who goes into the crowd after the game and gives his shirt away. Yeah. You know, it's something about that. It's just something about you know, it's like most people it's just, just walk off. Things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and you know, when people say, "Oh, yeah, he was in the," you know, I was away at Arsenal and he was sitting behind me, and little things like that make a massive difference. You know, to yeah. to the way players take what fans take to players. I mean, mm. you know, uh, I mean, Collins was was it nine years he was at the club in total. You know, someone yeah. like Winston Reid has been at the club for ten years. Yep. But I would assume I would suggest that the fans have a better better rapport with GP than Reed, and mm-hmm. you know it, it's all about how they interact with the, with the fans, isn't it? I think to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Reed was a, I'm assuming a quiet character. Um, yeah. Just a character to Collins. You know, Reed's also equally as good a servant. He's also in my mentions. He's not in my next centre back role. But oh, that's good. Reed, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Reed were, Reed was another one who just always put his 110% and he was a vital player for us. I remember Everton away, we were chanting and signing a new contract or something like that because we didn't want him to go because he was such an invaluable player. So, yeah, like you said, he's, he's another one next to Jimmy C who's just, um, who's been so vital for us for many years. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay, we'll put Collins in. Who's who's the other, who's the other centre-half then, Dan? Had to fit him in somewhere. This is his, this is his natural position, actually, Declan Rice. Um, yeah. You know, my two centre mid roles were taken up, but Rice, you know all about him, don't you? He's he's, he's quality. He's yeah. the next big thing out of the out of the academy. He's against Newcastle. I thought he was brilliant. Um, he's just vital to the. T- he's been a shining light in a in a poor season, in a below par season, uh, the last few seasons, and ever since he made his debut against Burnley away a few years ago. You know, even when he came on, he looked he looked like a player who just picked the ball up, passed it about, and. He always knows what he's going to do before he yeah. gets the ball, Declan Rice, which is the sign of a top player. And it'd be sad to see him go, but he's warranted that move, and he'll go to the very top for me. Yeah, no, I think I think everyone's yeah that, that you know it's one. Of, I think it's a case. You know, I think it's a case of when rather than if. To be honest, I think yeah, you know, well, yeah. but just 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 in terms of his own progression, um, hopefully it'll be. Another season, couple of seasons, because I think he's there's definitely room to grow through him, and I think I'd like I would like to see him with a proper season with the armband on, because um, yes, yeah. I think he seems to have grown. Obviously, when he was he was captain last couple of you know for the last games, and obviously Noble took it back over when he was in, when he came out at Newcastle, but for someone such a young lad, that, that sort of leadership quality is a very rare quality in the game at the moment. There's not many, I wouldn't exactly. say, you know, I wouldn't say Harry Kane, who's England captain, is a leader like Declan Rice is. Declan Rice is very similar to sort of a John Terry type character. That's how I sort of see him. And I think that's obviously yeah, why I Mr. Agree. Lampard sees him as well. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? It's, it, it, and you don't get many young, young kids who are like that. And I remember seeing Deck playing for the under-23s when we used to, cause we used to be doing it in the stadium. I remember, was it last season, maybe the season before he was doing, and and he was head and shoulders about, above everyone in terms of character. You know, you could tell he was going to be a player. Um, yeah. And, and the yeah. thing is, you know, if you give him the armband or, you, you know, like he is now, it'll only help to nurture him and develop him more. You know, you yeah. know he's so mature as a player and he's um, got a right head on his shoulders, but... Next season, like you said, I'd love to see him, you know, with the armband for the whole season because we've lacked a leader you know, the last few seasons. I know Noble's a great character, but he's not, in my opinion, he's not vocal enough on the pitch. He won't hammer people, uh, which is, you know, like I said, what we've lacked. So I think Rice is a proper leader. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he seems to, despite being young, so to speak, in respect to the rest of the players, he seems to have their respect as well. Do you know what I mean? Which is, which is important for a captain, yeah. but a young captain as well. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I think the last two games we've, we've seen the, the blueprint from Moyes in terms of the midfield with him and hopefully Sujek playing two and then one other and whether it is as you said Noble on a cameo role if we're playing a Burnley we need a bit more steel in there or uh, Snoddy or you know that that third role is interchangeable I think based on yes. who you're playing um, there's variability there now you know with the midfield because Suchek we needed the Suchek since Kiati left yes I mean, box, agreed box who, you know wins everything uh, we lost that and we got Suchek in and we got Wilshire as well on the bench. You know, people wanted him to come on against Newcastle, but he's mm. different to, um, to Suchek. He, 
You know, he carries the ball well. Mm. He's more, you know, he's more of a quality player on the ball. Suchek is everywhere. He does everything, doesn't he? So, yeah, I, I would like to see him. I'd like to see the three. I'd like to see him, Deck, and, and Wiltshire in the same team. You know, I would, I just think yeah. you've got a nice balance. You've got some defensive work from Suchek, box to box. Deck puts his foot in, but he gets forward quite a bit. He can power. He's sort of he's more of a powerful player. And and then you know, Wiltshire should be our number 10 you know he should you know because you know he's that that sort of level of skill which i think we meet we we miss is that sort of picking a pass out but he can put it about as well which i think he has the advantage over lanzini or something like that. he's a good player it's it's a shame though because i don't think he'll recover properly from his last injury um you know but but he's such a good player uh four nows as well is a quality player. yeah yeah you know i was buzzing when we signed him um, because I knew a bit about him from watching in Spain, and he was mm. he was so good. But like you said, you know, Suchek complements Rice really well. Uh, you know, because Rice, I thought before Suchek came along, he did too much for the team. And yeah, I agree. Um, Suchek complements him in terms of Suchek does the ugly side, and Rice can just pass it about more, and they work yeah. really well together. So. Yeah, and it's sort of like how how the the Noble Rice partnership worked before. Noble was almost doing too much, and then and then everyone thought, and then he was like, you know, before sort of Rice came into the team. He was like sixty minute mark, weren't he? Basically sixty minutes. Bilic would take him off. Yeah, um, yeah. Rice come into the team. He did the more dirty work, so it gave Noble more time to be more the you know, the quarterback position, as they used to call it. Yeah. Um, and now it's and now it's and now hopefully it means Suchek can do more, and then Suchek can take more less pressure off uh, takes pressure off Rice and allows Rice to do what Rice can do. About you, I don't know about you, but in the final season of the bowling. Bilic got it spot on with Noble in the fact that he was playing a deeper role yeah. just in front of the defenders and he was spraying it about and he was and he was loving it. Under Pellegrini and you know, noticeably a bit under Moyes, I've noticed that he presses too high and he doesn't have the legs for it. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's up he's, you know, uh, in front of Haller, you know, pressing and, and that just yeah. exposes that in the midfield. Against uh, Wolves it was. I think Noble's was pressing really high, which is, is great because he's always done that, but he needs to maintain that position and just drop back because, uh, you know, shouldered Suchek to do too much. You know? And so, you know, Suchek and Rice, you know, just complement each other very well and they stay side by side, which, which helps the team. Yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. Okay, that's Deckin. <laughs> Love the way we deviate. Right, okay, let's go to midfield then. Let's go left left midfield then. Dan, who have we got left midfield, man? Paye. Yeah, Dimmy Paye. Yeah. Completely, you know, the way he left the club wasn't the you know, it shafted us, it didn't, yeah. didn't it? Completely shafted Billich as well, yeah. Well, but the player he was, I have he's probably the best technical player I've seen since I've watched West Ham. I think he's, I think he was better than Decanio, yeah. I do, honestly. Um, the ability, I remember Man United in the cup, he had a free kick, De Gea's obviously. Was at the time a very good keeper. I'm not sure he is anymore. But to beat him from that distance, yeah, was was beyond me. And against Palace as well, the stuff he could do on the ball was was mind blowing. No, I totally agree. And I think I think you're right. I think he is. Um, he was technically the best player I've seen at West Ham. Uh, I think Decanio is a better player, not a better technically player. You know, because I think as to be a, a decent player, you need. It's almost like a yeah, pie chart. You need to be technically gifted. You need to have the passion and you need to have that sort of entertainment value. And, and yes. Pyatt definitely had the technical, you know, but he didn't have the passion or the entertainment no. value like De Canio would. So, Not yeah, the Canio, team ethic either. No, yeah, team ethic. Yeah, we'll put full through on it. But yeah, and so De Canio had it all, but but I think Pyatt was, was technically a, a far better player. Um, yes. Because he would, you know, he wasn't particularly quick. He wasn't, you know, a little stumpy bloke. Really, he wasn't, you know, imposing yeah, he physically. Was, yeah. But he yeah. just had this, this, this way with the ball, and he was just mesmeric. And you know, for a foreign-based player to come in and and do it on day one, which is what he did, you know, the Arsenal game, doing, yeah. you know, the the three sixties he does on the ball, was incredible. And you know, for for a period, we had the best player in the league, really. Yeah. And that. Never happens <laughs> with us. Oh, and, and for ten million quid, which is an absolute steal as well, yeah, isn't it? You know? Exactly. Um, yeah, well, like you said, he didn't have the passion. No. Um, but I'd also put Lanzini in there, the old Lanzini. You know, at the bowling ground of the village, I thought. Yeah. You know, he came in and he was, he was special, wasn't he? Um, he's lo- I don't know what's happened to him. He's lost it a bit. I'm not sure, but. 
just think injuries. I think that happens a lot with us, doesn't it? People get injured and they're gone are the days that a player would, I mean, obviously, you know, from, from the, the more experienced fans, I've, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're less experienced, we're not, we're not, we're not yet. Yeah. but for me, more experienced, they talk about Alan Devonshire and Alan Devonshire, obviously he was, he, he was, you know, a speed merchant really. Then he got injured and reinvented himself as more of a, t- as a yeah. technical player. And, and nowadays people don't do that. They know from one thing. So Lanzini is a very, was a very silky technical player, got injured and just can't really do it anymore now. No, I don't think. No. I think ever since his uh, Liverpool interest as well, maybe that's turned his head. I'm not sure. I don't think he's good enough to play for Liverpool anyway. But uh, mm. no, with the old Lanzini was a very good player. Him and Paye, you know, destroyed really exciting, him. yeah. Uh, but you know, since Paye left, has it shouldered too much responsibility on him to create? I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Um, but no, we've got four nows. That covers a bit of Paye's, you know, absence, if you like. Yeah, so I think four can be just as good. Yeah, right. no, definitely. And it's quite funny when I'm, because obviously, you know, obviously, you know, Pyatt was obviously known for the free kicks and um, I, I can't remember, which, it was one of the, one of the video guys who used to work with at West Ham. Uh, they would go and film the training sessions and stuff for like B-roll and stuff. And, yeah. um, and Lanzini would score more free kicks in training than Pyatt in terms really? of, yeah. So he, he was, a you know, consistently he was scoring them, but obviously Pyatt was known for the free kicks, but, um, yeah. Then, then since then, Lanzini's done bugger all. Um, oh. <laughs> really, so all right, we'll put Dimi in. Uh, let's go. Yeah. Let's go right mid. Pardon me. Let's go right midfield. Then Dan. This was so tough for us. Oh, I had a choice of four, but I've gone with Benayou. Oh, Yossi. Yossi was. I just thought he was special. You know, like Paye, he wasn't the quickest, was he, on the eye? But his skill and the, you know, I think it was it his goal against Fulham. When he chipped it over the keeper, Thanks for them, yeah. um, I think it was Fulham. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was just special. He was just so good to watch. Um, I think we got him at a later time in his career as well. But if we got him earlier on, he, he would have been some player. Yeah, no, he was a good player, wasn't? He? And he was just exciting, wasn't he? And uh, who's who interviewing? Oh, ask him now. It might have been Monks. Probably monks or someone like that. He says when he goes through his notes, and and he he, he spoke about Yoshi and saying how he was like he'd always put no, it's Anton. Sorry, it's Anton. Um, he always put a, he liked to challenge for for a guy who wasn't particularly built. He liked to put a foot in. You know, he had that sort yeah. of side to him, which I think West Ham fans love. Is the player who will put a challenge in. Quite clearly, he's not going to win many. You know, 50 50 no. balls from you know the likes, like sort of you know, yeah, big domineering left backs, or whatever. But he has a go, and, I, and that's what West Ham fans like. You know, exactly. we know we're not going to win the league, but we want players who have a go. And Yoshi had that, had that, um, sort of in abundance. Now, I like Yoshi Berlin, yeah, yeah, he had a bit of everything, didn't he? he? Was you know, he had passion, he was a, a team player, um, which is what you know, Pai, as A4 mentioned, lacked a bit in the playing the pie chart, so uh, yeah. I'd also consider Snodgrass for his effort. I think yeah, I think he's underrated. He divides totally. opinion, but it, you know he's passionate, he cares, um, and he's a good technical player as well. You know, he's I brilliant. know we've got him. At, you know, he's, he's he's cracking on now with his age, isn't he? In terms of footballing, but he, he, he's a good player. I think he's um, great. I think Snoddy's great, and I, I love I love. I love anyone who can. I, I love a free. I love obviously. That's why I like Pyre because I like a, a spot kicker, and I like people. And he has. He's a bit like. I mean, Bowen's got great, great sort of. Obviously, we, we spoke before about spot kicks yeah. uh, and corners and stuff. But but Snoddy was the same, and it really whips him in. And you and you're right. He's a bit. You know, he's getting old, but he will run, run. He'll run. And I've I've yeah. I've missed him in the team. I think for the first couple of games, we could have done with him um, just for his enthusiasm. And it would hope yeah. he rubbed off on, on the on the less yeah. on the less just you know, just for variability as well as well yeah. as Yama Pell and to bring on he's a good player to bring on um, yeah I would have had Diamante in there as well and Antonio you know purely for quality and effort as well Diamante Diamante was a good player I like he was him. a nutter though wasn't he so yeah, I, I think just because he had that crazy hair you know that's what I love players who are a bit a little bit on the edge, I think where all West Ham players do, you know, I mean, Di Canio was on the edge, the Amantis yeah. on the edge, even like Johnny Monks, you know, he's on the yeah. edge. He, he could just go one, you know, one minute. And yeah. he was a firecracker, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think people appreciate how good a player Di was. I think because he wasn't around for long enough, but he was a really good player for us, a really good player. 
that's why I had him in there. Um, he loves the club as well, didn't he? He said in a quote yeah. recently that he loved West Ham and he loved his time. So yeah, um, yeah. They all do. They all seem. You know, there's very few players who will leave West Ham and say they didn't enjoy their time with the, the, the fans and, and people like that. But, you know, because they all have an impression. It seems we all, we have an impression on all players who come in. You know, even like you got to think a lot of these foreign like Tevez and people like that who yeah, had a year for six months really. Um, yeah, he only played a few games, didn't he? So yeah, and, and still a, a massive impact. Right. Let's go into central midfield and Dan. Who's your first centre midfielder? I couldn't not put Marky Noble in there. Yeah. Um, purely for the servant he's been. You know, he's played more games than any other player, hasn't he? Um, Solano as well. Nolan, Son. Oh, Solano. That's a, yeah, that's a good shout. Solano oh, was oh, I loved Nobby. Yeah, he was brilliant, wasn't yeah. he? He was also a spot kicker as well, Russ. Yeah, he uh, was. Yeah, that's why I liked yeah. him, I think. Yeah, he scored a one against Derby, didn't he? You remember yeah. that one? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, not Nobby as well, but no, not Noble for me, just. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, he's obviously one away, two away from 500. I think he's one yes. away, might be, or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's very, very close. I think it's away, yeah, because I think if he plays against Burnley, it'll be 499, because I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I think so. So I think, oh, it's a shame, because it'd be nice for, although there's no bugger in the stand, but at least it'd be nice if it was at home that he got his 500. Yeah, um, yeah no, great man. And, and obviously, as I said, I'm very fortunate enough to, to go to the games. And um, he wasn't, obviously, in the squad for the Chelsea game. Wow. And uh, it's something I'm really annoyed I didn't take a picture of because he was sitting in the, um, what I call the, the protest bit. So when, when we had the protest, <laughs> where, the, where the disabled people, where the disabled guys are, yeah. um, you know, so obviously two metres, and it's actually right. really nicely socially distanced because you've got the obviously wheelchairs in between. So the, the chairs are already two metres apart, roughly, already. So it's him, David Martin, and, and Martin, who we do oh, the... Um, you're just the, thinking in your head, aren't you? Should I do it? Should I do it? But... Yeah, exactly. So so there's the three of them. So, so, so Nobs was sitting there, and uh, when that third goal came in, it was almost like he almost, I swear, he was like going to punch a hole through the wall. He was, there was so much joy in the man's heart. You could see he was so ecstatic. But I was like, oh, if I, I wish I had a camera to have filmed it because no one saw it. But it just yeah. showed you how much the club meant to him. Exactly. Um, and, and I think that that's a very rare commodity now in, in the game where you, you know, boyhood club, you play for boyhood club, you know, footballers move all over the place now um, yes, yeah. across the world. And so. He- very rare. He had a chance to leave as well, didn't he? Uh, he had a chance to go to Fulham. So, yeah. you know, the turned it down, persevered, got in the team, scored a few goals and never looked back. Shows, you know, it was a testament to his character. Um, yeah. And I hope, I hope when he retires, you know, there's talk about it next season, wasn't there? But um, yeah. whenever he does, I hope he stays on as, as a coach because I think he deserves it and I think he'd bring the best out of younger players as well in the setup. So. No, yeah. I mean, we interviewed Kevin Keane and um, we spoke about Mark Noble. And he is in his ear all the time about becoming a coach because apparently he's really good with the kids, like really good yeah. at coaching the kids. And you could imagine that because they look up to him because he's a current yeah, Premier League player and the yeah. captain and you know, so many games. But um, apparently he's a really good coach. So, um, but he's, he's not paying any attention until after he's retired. So as you can imagine, no. Mark, so. like when you, like when other players come in as well, they always mention Noble. Yeah, Noble, well, that Noble helped me, and um, you know that, that just shows the character. He is, like you said. So. Yeah, it's a good shout. Good point. Yeah. Right, we'll put Marky Nobin. Who's he going to partner in that middle, then, Dan? Scotty Parker. Oh, I reckon Scotty. that's a good, uh, good little partnership. Just Scotty, because, yeah. you know, the times we were in trouble and avoided relegation. I remember the goal he scored against Wigan and just the player he was. He was a good technical player as well and and, it, and he really cared. Um, yeah. You know, and who else would I have in there? Collison. Collison is a good shout for the player mm. he was and when uh, Stuart Downing in 2014-15 when he moved into that I mean, central yeah club, yeah yeah um, he was really important as Revelation, well and, then. and obviously Carrick as well you know you mm. can't forget him what a player he was so yeah but Parker for me yeah yeah and again you know he was one of those players there's very few players who you can see during a game if it's not going the, the way of the team He's almost gone like, oh, fuck it, I'll do it myself. And like, literally, there's games where he was just running the game himself. And obviously, everyone, everyone yeah. talked about the West Brom game away yeah. when he gave the half time team talk and there's 3 0 down and turned it down to 3 0. 3 0, wasn't it? And yeah. Colton was saying, you know, they were crying, like, players had tears in their eyes. And, and he's doing a good job at Fulham, you know. I, you know, he's yeah. one day, you know, but. Uh, yeah. 
he's a, I think he's yeah. he's a type of man. I see him very similar in sort of that Eddie Howe sort of role, you know, sort of yeah, I agree. a, a yeah. bunch of like young young players with respect him and bring and who bring the best out of him. But um, yeah, no, you never know, you never know what will happen. But uh, no, I yes, I wouldn't one day him being West Ham manager. No, no. I mean, yeah, he's he's got that sort of West Ham way about him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he knows the club, doesn't he? He knows the yeah. club. He always has to run his socks off. Um, and, you know, testament to him as a manager, he's doing really well, isn't he, at Fulham? So, fingers crossed they can come up under him and, and we can see him in the Premier League back yeah. at... Uh, I mean, nice. I mean, similar to you know, similar to you know, someone like Kevin Nolan. You know, he understands the club, and he's obviously coming as Moyes' number two, and yeah. just seems to be a, a great dynamic to have in the club. And yeah. it seems yeah. that West Ham are doing that more often now. We're getting the Carlton Coles and and as a Zavon Hines. Yes, I was going to mention Carlton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they're bringing in all these like old players and obviously you've got Steve Potts and Keane Zavon and stuff Hines like as well isn't he Zavon yeah Zavon's Hines. in yeah with him yeah and yeah, uh, and Conch and, it's, and yeah. It's, it's good yeah completely it's the right way to go um, completely better than getting you know unknown people who don't, who don't know the club so like you said it's, it's a good way to go yeah and we and West Ham fans appreciate that more I think we love an academy boy coming through we love oh, you know an old boy few, coming back we, yeah. yeah so yeah and then when they leave, we sh- we hate them. So <laughs> never speak to them again. Yeah. Never. That's the West Ham way. Right. Okay. Up front. Who have we got up front then, Dan? Tevez. First of all, I know Carlitos. he only played a few games, but he was fundamental to us staying up. And oh yeah, his passion as well. And yeah. oh, he was he was an unbelievable striker. Uh, obviously, you know, we set the foundations for him to be successful in England, didn't we? So yeah. without us, he wouldn't have been the player he was. So. No, he was some player. He was a good player, and it's funny we interviewed uh, when we interviewed uh, Anton. I think also, yes, we. It was John Pantsil randomly, and uh, we asked him about. I asked him about Tevez. It's like, what? And Mascherano, what happens? You know, as a West Ham, you know, you, you turn up to training, and there's like Carlos Tevez and Javier Mascherano, and they were like, it's just football, isn't it? Yeah, no, but, you're thinking, yeah, players that work. I remember watching on the ticker on the BBC website, and and it was like we we signed who? Oh my god! Like what's going on here? You know, I never thought that's it. You know, like when when obviously yeah. when, when City got taken over and they they bought Rubinho that day, didn't they? And yeah. uh, I was like, this is like R one. This is great. Here we go, guys. Here we go. He was like no, yeah. work out like that. but um, no, funny. But it was a good story about Car- about Carlitos that Anton said was um, he really wanted to be part of the group. He didn't speak any English, so he always had his translator. No, and, yeah, he struggled. Yeah, he did struggle with English, but he always had his translator with him. And they went out on a night out to like a nightclub somewhere up in London, and, mm. and Carlitos turned up with his translator, and so and then literally was on the dance floor all night, just like literally sweating buckets, just like really having a go, you know. And I like people who do that. You think, you know, you have a go. He, uh, did, you reckon he played it out loud because you know they speak on translator. What yeah, 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 like on the Google, like the Google thing, like the adverts you get. Oh, yeah. What's your Saved number? Talking, didn't it, though? So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I think, yeah, it was a good player, as you said. Uh, and again, it's all about that, isn't it? So, it is, like, but it's the same, same again. You know, he, he was almost doing too much when he started with us. Yeah. Um, he was trying to be all over the pitch, and, and Kerbs sort of said, you know, stay up there. And he yeah. became a much more effective player, a bit like an out of it, you know, when when he was a bit he was he was doing yeah. nothing really on the right, and then Moyes just whacked him up front and went, right, stay up there. And he became a really good player for us. Um yeah. I right. think for Tevez that release was when he got that free kick uh, against Spurs. Yeah. That was a release for him, and then he scored that cracker against Chelsea, and then and it just went on and on. And um but yeah, like you said, you know, Kerb said you know, stay up there more, don't do too much, and that's who it is game more. So Exactly. And then... Also, Harewood as well was in there, Sheringham, Calton sure. Cole, uh, Craig Bellamy as well. He was a good player. I yeah. Like yeah. No, I used to like, I used to like Harewood because I used to like Harewood because he used to that turn and he, he'd go into the corner between the Bobby Moore and the West Stand. And he would do. I always used to call it Marlon Calder because literally he would get in there and he'd do a little turn and go run down the byline and cross it in. Yeah. And because that's literally where I, where I sat, and like the box was like there, and so you, I was in perfect position to see the see Harewood corner. But uh, yeah, good old Marlon. Right, okay. I'll always go on. Yeah, go on. 
Now, go on, Dan, what's your say, man? Harewood and Zamo. You remember when um, we were going up in Ipswich, Ipswich away, Harewood, you know, long field ball to Zamo at the back, and he, he just chipped it in. That was yeah. that always, you know, uh, remind me of a good goal because, you know, him and Zamo were, were crucial, weren't they, to us? They, and they were such they were. good players as well, underrated. They they're very un- underrated, I think. Very underrated outside of West Ham. Again, we have that a lot of I mean, the players play for West Ham who are bloody good, but they get underrated when people are looking in. Um, but we yeah. knew like him, like Julian Dix, and people like that who were fantastic players. But you know, outside of West Ham, you didn't appreciate him as much. Um, right, so we put Carlos in, and who's Carlos going to partner? Dino. Dean Ashton. Dino. Dino, yeah. I, um, again, you know, you're looking at Arnie, Caro, Sacco. Um, but Dino was just, well, I can't describe how good he was. I thought he was brilliant. He was such yeah. a robust striker, but his finishing was incredible. And, you know, bar that injury he got, he would have, he would have gone to the top for me. He would have played at Man United, someone like that, because yeah. he was, he was that good. Yeah. And, and not, not just for Premier League, but for England, you know, people were crying. Exactly, yeah. Rooney was crying out for a decent strike partner and, and he would have been that person, wouldn't he? he would. Without, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, I still can't watch. I still don't. Every time I see sort of Sean White Phillips on the telly, or whatever, I, I still like have this sort of disgust towards him. Even now, you know, he was he was on Crouchy's thing the other day, and, and I switched off. Um, and my wife said, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Sean White Phillips." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. As soon as as soon as I hear him in the press or whatever, I always think of Dino. Yeah, I'm sure it's innocuous, but like you, I always have yeah. a few phrases in the back of my head that you know. I, I refuse not to release, you know what I mean? That yeah. kind of thing. But, um, yeah, he was so unfortunate because he would have been a cracking player. You know, some of the goals he scored, the overheads, everything. You'd have yeah. everything. No, exactly. And I mean, I had, we talk about Bowen, and I, I had the same excitement when we signed Bowen as I did when we signed Ashton. He was that young championship British player who knew he was going to be mustard as soon as he came in and, and he was, he was a great player. He was, yeah, he was, he was, so, he was a player we, we'd missed for so many years and we haven't had since. That sort of target man, ball-playing target man. He had yeah. everything. He, as a player, as a forward, he had everything. You know, he, he could did, beat a man yeah. for pace, he could turn, he could header. He had the skill. I mean, you saw Mark, Mark Nable's testimony yeah, who had it. So. Yeah, he was, he was incredible. You remember that uh, goal he scored against City in the Cup where he chopped it around the defender and then left foot? And like you said, he, he just had everything for me. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And, and that and that obviously that completes the Dan Eleven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been great chatting to you, man. Paper. Yeah, it's right. looking good, man. It's looking good, man. It's looking good. And obviously, people will see it down the side. He's when, he, when he's well, I've done the editing. If I've gone the right way, if not, it's that way. Uh, one or the other. <laughs> I can never remember. I'm not very good at this. Um, but um, but thanks, Dan. It's been really great chatting to you. I really appreciate the, the time you spent. There's been no a lot problem. of this. There's been a lot of decisions there. I can see a lot of late night agonising cold sweat oh decisions. yeah last night in particular i was i was going over it you know in my head like this, this. <laughs> um, no yeah i got there in the end and it's a pleasure to to be coming on thank you Cheers, and man, uh, no. all the best yeah thank you very much obviously thanks to everyone for watching you know what to do share like subscribe um and until next time from me and dan take care everyone we'll see you very very soon see you bye bye sports social podcast network